From the front line. It's not going to work, man. From the tailgates. Representing KGYR and its stakeholders. We are the Forum for the Fan. The Bleed Blue Show. Flying solo. Here's your host, Steve. Yeah, we are the Forum for the Fans. This is the Ring Podcast. Uh, two points. Uh, went over the uh, Philadelphia Flyers, got the one point going into the overtime. Shout-outs to Igor Shosturkin, man, securing that. Uh, the point, uh, the, the game-winning save in regulation. Uh, they, so we could go into overtime and get one point at least. And a nice little back and forth in the overtime session before the shootout. Rangers get their third straight win uh, of two points. Uh, got to go back to Dallas and Arizona uh, getting two points on the road. We can talk about that and then also talk about tonight. I saw a fun stack, to be quite honest with you. I actually watched the NHL feed uh, for the Flyers, actually, tonight on the, uh, the center ice, right? So uh, they had a stat. I got, This is funny. This is probably a silly stat. Well, I would call it a silly stat, but just the last time the Rangers and the uh, Flyers had a 0-0 tie in regulation, was March 30th, 1980, when I saw that graphic, right? And the, the reason why I bring that up is that's literally like <laughs> that specific day. I was three days old, you know, out of the womb, you know. I was only three days old since that last time that has happened, zero zero regulation. But let's talk about it because we're not going to be on here long because I am still extremely tired. I want to talk to to the guys. Our people jump on and guys jump off. But we'll get uh, Glenn and, and Scott in first. Glenn, just say hello real quick. Just say a quick hello. I'll go right back to you then we'll get Scott. just want to get you guys on there. How you doing, Glenn? I'm doing good. Hello real quick. Uh, great win. We got to be happy with that. Yes, sir. We'll lead off with you. And of course, Scott, Face Off Hockey Podcast, bro. What's up, man? How you doing, man? Yeah, good evening. You know, this is this is a tale of two shows. We go from uh week one, love and life at three and one, week two, everybody's pissed off and uh we're happy again here, week three. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's the up and down of this and I didn't even expect that these up and downs. We gotta talk about that. So it's almost for the for the short stint, uh in the last uh since what, the weekend, Saturday, uh accumulated three straight wins, two on the road and then whatever happened in at UBS. Uh, before that, go ahead, go ahead and fire away with your thoughts because the Rangers outshot the Flyers. It was great saves tonight, man. It's just one of those, you know, it had its moments, second and third period, it really picked up. But your thoughts, Glenn, we'll go to Scott and get this conversation rolling. Um, yeah, well, I I, uh, I think it's appropriate that we are in the on the uh, post-game podcast because uh, with the Rangers hitting four of them today, uh, it was uh, pretty frustrating if, if if only the net was four and a half by six and a half, we might have been able to go on a few minutes earlier. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, I mean, overall it was a great game. I mean, uh, uh, I think we found out why the Flyers are off to the start uh, that they're on uh, because of uh, one Carter Hart, uh, who's kind of having a rebirth early in the season. I remember three, four years ago, he was going to not only be the Flyer goalie of the future, but he was going to be uh, one of the top goalies in the league. And uh, he had a great rookie year. Then he fell off. And uh, I've watched a couple of Flyer games. They had some great opportunities toward the end with uh, uh, against Igor. Certainly would have pissed me off if Kevin Hayes uh, wound up scoring the winning goal tonight. But um, you know, I think we're we're seeing what the Flyers are right now. They're they're a team that doesn't have a lot of potency, but they're being uh, uh, held up by Carter Hart and. Uh, I don't know if that's, you know, sustainable or not. Certainly uh, last year, the talk of the first half of the Rangers was uh, how, how long can they expect Igor to uh, bail them out of games every night? Uh, so, you know, you can't discount the possibility that he may carry the Flyers for a while. But, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, I went in expecting these two points and it was a heck of a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. Uh, pretty much Ranger domination uh, you know, in shots, uh, there were a couple of times five on five where it looked like a power play. Um, so, you know, I think the Rangers came out jumping right from the start, which is what you want to see. And, uh, you know, a Carter Hart just kept them at bay until, uh, the last seconds, uh, of overtime. So, uh, you know, I mean, I'm happy with the effort of the team. I don't think they, you know, we can, 
uh, say, well, geez, this team just can't score. I mean, they just ran into a really hot goalie tonight. And, uh, you know, I think they did everything they had to do to win the game. There's nothing to be upset about. Uh, and luckily they were able to come away with the two points. All right, cool. Let's go to Scott and get RP on. And, you know, Scott, what are your thoughts? You got Ranger Pride. What is looking forward to hearing his thoughts? But Scott, you first. Uh, yeah, I got I got to agree on that. Uh, all props to Carter Hart. Guy played a game of his life pretty much. Uh, Rangers dominated that game. I don't know about start to finish. First game, first period was more or less even. Flyers had those power plays. Uh, but from the second period on, it was just a tilted ice the entire rest of the way. Uh, Carter Hart in the post. Uh, post should definitely get a start of the game there. Um, but for me, this is this is five. I know it's three wins in a row, but but I'm I'm seeing a bigger picture of five games in a row in which they've been. I think the better team. This might be a controversial with the with the Sharks game and the Islanders game. But remember, we were on last week during the the Colorado game. And that was right after the back-to-back stinkers, uh, the Columbus and um, and San Jose, in which they got one out of four, uh, and we were furious. And they during that game, I, I pointed out that they, that they were playing a lot better. It was a different team that came out against Colorado, and it, they ended up getting a point but not the win. And I honestly think they were the better team against the Islanders. I really do. Um, again, mm-hmm. pucks weren't, weren't going in for them. Um, Sorokin pretty much stole that game. So – even though it stinks that they lost both of those games as well, the Islander game and the uh, and the Colorado game, I, I, I noticed uh, the tide was starting to turn, I think. Uh, they were starting to strain it out. They were better. Um, and then, sure enough, they go on the road to a first-place Dallas team. Beautiful game there. Uh, just absolutely laid the smack down in the third period. Uh, and then, um, of course, back-to-back nights uh, to, to sweep them both on the road. Doesn't matter who you're playing. That second name of back-to-back, it's, um, you know, you're instantly the underdog. But they swept that and then to come out here and come back home and not take their foot off the gas. Um, and they definitely deserve this win. They deserve to win three in a row. Uh, and in my opinion, they deserve to win five in a row. But it happens, you know, baby steps. They had to write the chip. Uh, the points didn't come for another couple of games. But, again, I, I just think that they were the better team in both of those games. Uh, and the wins were going to start to come as long as they continued to play like that. So here we are, three wins later. Uh, and now we're back to where we were after that first week of three and one, where we knew they had some defensive issues to tighten up. Um, but at least they were back to – playoff if not contender status and now we can work on fine-tuning things instead of what the hell is going on here so we can all breathe a little deeper i'm uh, much better week here much better week shout out to scott and uh ranger proud the ring podcast with ranger proud of course forever blue shorts and pie sports media rp at least you get to go to bed with two points man and we were just talking about it which is certainly that big save on Hayes to secure at least the one point going into OT man but what are your thoughts man and again you know, Rangers Twitter last last week when we left off Rangers Twitter was on fire with hell a week ago so I want to know the, the, the status of it right now man Ranger Twitter's always on in hell so and then Elon Musk came in and it was a lot of hell so it was been a fun couple of, <laughs> fun couple of days let me tell you guys but uh, I texted my dad. I think it was like either the, the end of the first or the beginning of the second. And I'm like, well, this game has every indication of the Rangers losing one nothing. And my dad mm-hmm. was like, oh, the Rangers winning mm-hmm. one nothing. So he, he got the last word in. But mm-hmm. it was good to see that they kept the pedal down. Even though when they weren't scoring, they just kept playing their game, especially in the second period, I thought. They just kept playing their game. Just They took it. They made the flyers look like a... The score didn't reflect it. The Flyers looked like a sloppy team in, or a dominated team in the first two periods. I mean, the Rangers had to pedal down. You understood why the third period was a little bit more even because I don't think any team could keep that consistently, that effort and that speed. And, and the forechecking was incredible tonight. But it's really hard to maintain, especially when you don't score over three periods. And when that happened, just Thurgan stood out. So, I mean, it, it was a great win. It was a needed win. You know, three in a row is three in a row. It doesn't matter who you play against or how you get it. It's six straight points in the standings, which is much needed. It was a home win, which we really needed. And uh, I, I really like the line combinations. I think tonight 
maybe for the first time, I don't know all season, but close that that fourth line was really generating some offensive opportunities. I thought Reeves might have had his best game as a Ranger. Carpenter looked good. Blaze is really stepping up in, into a big player. And I, I like all four lines tonight. I, you know, it, it's going to be great when Heedle comes back. They'll probably set Carpenter and move Goodrow back down. And, and that's the way it's supposed to be, your best 12. So I, I thought they played well tonight. Arpin, let me go back to you as far as uh, going back to the Dallas game and also the the uh, Coyote game. In both games, they were down and overcame deficits, and and they really took control in the third period uh, versus the Stars, especially the getting that uh, go-ahead goal by Dallas with the uh, all-sides with the review. And ever since then, you know, kind of got on a nice little roll and brought that on to Phoenix, and they played pretty well to me. I think I thought they played stronger as the game went on tonight. Uh, they had a lot of yeah. great opportunities. So what do you think is the body language right now as the Rangers, since, you know, like what Scott was saying, since we were on here last week with Colorado and then things versus the Islanders, uh, what were your thoughts? Well, you know, winning changes everyone's perception and masses everyone's problems. So, you know, of course it's great to win. I, I agree with the guys. I thought the Colorado game wasn't a bad game at all. I mean, the Islander game you lost in the last seven minutes, six minutes of that game. It was a tight game. And both of those games, to me, contributed to to the lack of scoring for whatever reason. They just weren't scoring the goals. They, it wasn't even a confidence factor. The, the only thing I noticed in the Colorado game and the Islander game is that they were getting shots on goal. I think in, in those two games, the Rangers had over 87 shots on that and only had two goals scored. But they weren't getting secondary shots. They weren't mm-hmm. rebounds. They weren't standing in front of the net. There weren't a lot of deflected goals. There were a lot of outside shots, hard shots, but a lot of shots outside the center of the of the, of the circles. And I think what you saw changed in the, the the two games over the weekend and tonight is the Rangers were willing to keep their bodies in front of the goal and try to get the garbage goal, the deflected goal, try to screen the goalie. And I think they made it a heavy emphasis to keep somebody in front of the net because you need that secondary scoring. I mean, Taking one shot and then clearing the puck out isn't hard for an NHL goalie in defense to do. You need to get those rebounds, those bounces, those little, as I used to say, those Philosophical garbage goals, those, those you need. You you won't be able to survive if you don't do that. And in the last three games, you're starting to see that. So the Rangers might have not had 40 shots on goal tonight. I think it was like 36 or 35. But I thought they had better scoring chances in this game than they did in the Colorado and the Islander series. So it's not always the shot on net. It's it's what you get after the shot on net and the quality of the shot, those high-quality chances that you need to look for. And they mm-hmm. also took away the opposition's high-scoring chances. So mm-hmm. I, I think they're, they're just starting their game. Um, it, you know, th- there's a lot to it. But now you just, whatever the reason, you just hope they keep building up. You know, you lost three in a row or four in a row, whatever it was, and now you won three in a row, and you can sort of put that in the back burner as long as you learn from it and the team sucks to play the way they're playing tonight. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think the thing I noticed with uh, – I thought the physicality has been there all season. It was just a matter of limiting, uh, the, like you said, the, the quality of shots tonight. And they did a great job tonight. Uh, me being a defensive type of guy, um, I don't think there's much you can ask for in a nothing-nothing game. I thought offensively, especially, I think that's the thing where I'm going to go with this and I'll go back to Glenn. The thing what I've noticed since the Islander game, uh, the power, I mean, it, it's, it's not anything new, the power plays jump-starting this streak again or getting their motion. I think he cleaned everything up on the even strip side of things. Then we could really, really, really work with something as far as all phases of the game, face all special teams, whether you're killing things or uh, one-man advantages or whatever. I mean, they are really attacking even on the shorthanded goal attempts. I mean, you already know the game plan. They're going to use their speed uh, and the quality of defense as well. I, I like what I see, man, and especially that, – I think that was the main thing in that losing streak was to tighten up on the defense. And it's, it's a long season, so it, there's going to be things that fluctuate. But the physicality is still there. I thought Blaze was very good at that uh, tonight. Uh, you mentioned Ryan Reese. I agree with that. Um, I, I'm just saying, going back since the Islander game, it, the power play is kind of kind of turn the turn the tide as far as winning. 
getting the, the mojo. I mean, they had so many shots that hit the post. I got lost count. Glenn, let's go to you. Um, what are your thoughts uh, uh, tonight, if you want to expand, uh, expand on the uh, Flyers, if you want to say anything to RP or Scott or just anything. I thought Gutierrez had the uh, probably the goal of the season for the Blue Shirts, arguably yeah. for the season with that effort in Dallas, uh, if you want to speak on that. I thought that was fantastic. And, and the angle on that, too, you know, almost got tripped up by the goal. But if you want to, you know, speak on that, feel free, and, and, and we'll go around. Um, yeah, there's a bunch of things. I mean, I think RP hit right on where he was saying that, you know, the Rangers in those uh, uh, earlier games weren't getting uh, rebounds, weren't getting tip-ins, weren't getting – I mean, Carter's off to a tough start because of that, too. That's the way he scores his goals. Uh, they were getting a lot of shots. I think I heard they're leading the league in, in shots on goal, uh, which is kind of un-Ranger-like. But uh, they weren't getting those second and third shots, and that's why they weren't being able to score. But – I mean, I still think I'm an advocate of, you know, shoot, 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 and they're eventually going to go in. You're going to get, you know, deflections. You're going to get rebounds. Just just keep doing what they're doing uh, on five-on-five five especially. But, um, you know, this team uh, is, is built on special teams and goaltending, which I think is great. I mean, I'm looking – at the real big picture going down the road. And those are the things that come in uh, very vital in the playoffs. And uh, if this team is, is, you know, kind of developing a personality uh, of, of being that type of team, um, I think they're going to really do well for the, for the uh, regular season and then, uh, you know, be right where they need to be come playoff time. And I know I'm looking, you know, way, way down the road. But I, I think what I'm seeing in this team is, uh, you know, just the, the same character they had before, uh, the same, they're never out of a game. You know, you talk about that Dallas game. I I, I wasn't feeling like they were going to win that Dallas game. I really wasn't. Um, you know, Dallas has been playing well. Ottinger has been playing well. You're 3-3. Then, uh, you know, they had that goal uh, by Pavelski, called back by the offside, and you're right, uh, Steve, I think you said how the game kind of turned at that moment, and then all of a sudden the Rangers put it on, boom, 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 you're up 6-3, and, uh, you know, that's something that uh, this team is never never out of a game, and that's kind of the characteristics they had last year, too, where, you know, they'll claw and scratch, and no matter what the score is, no matter how much time is left, uh, you know, they're never out of a game. And I think that's, uh, you know, exactly what they're showing again this year, which is, uh, uh, you know, a great uh, thing to have in this league. Um, Going back on those games, you talked about the Colorado game. I I felt really good coming out of that Colorado game because I thought they played Colorado, you know, straight up uh, and and even pretty much. And, uh, you know, Georgiev really wanted that win. He played fantastic. Um, and uh, I don't know if you guys happen to notice that Colorado then went on to lose to the Islanders and the Devils in their week in New York, and I'd love to know how many times in my Ranger life I've seen that happen, where a team comes in and uh, beats the Rangers and then loses to the other two. But, uh, you know, Colorado's stumbling a little bit too. I think last I looked they were 4-4. Four and four. So, uh, you know, they didn't have a great week coming out of New York either. Uh, but, uh, no, I mean, it, it, everything I'm seeing right now and, – and, and Scott was so right. First week we're so up. Last week we're so down. This week we're back up again. Um, but I think there's going to be a lot more ups uh, than downs with this team. So I'm I'm happy where they are right now. Uh, anything you'd like to ask RP or Scott before we go to Scott? Or uh, let's see. Um, trying to think, Steve. You caught me off guard there. Um, <laughs> Anybody can jump in if you try. RP wants to say something. Scott, jump in, jump in, man. Yeah, I mean, right. how did, uh, let me ask RP. I, I concur. Uh, okay, good. Oh, did you did you think of something, Glenn? Yeah, no, I was just going to say I, I was mentioning how you know this team is kind of built on the goaltending and the uh, the special teams, and we've we've talked about uh, how the five on five is kind of lacking, how it was last year. Uh, as well, I'm wondering what you guys think of their five-on-five play this year. If you think that they're showing signs of of improving that, I think the last three games they've 
showed uh, definite signs of improving. Even though tonight they only scored, it wasn't even considered a five-on-five goal. Right. Their, their scoring opportunities, I thought, were high tonight. It does had a, mm-hmm. a lot of high-scoring, you know, quality-scoring chances, five-on-five. Five. I thought they really dominated. I hadn't seen a second period of hockey like that by the Rangers in a long time. I mean, mm-hmm. they, full, everything everything worked. Their four check on the five on five, their defense five on five. There, there was a lot too. So I thought tonight, and, and the Dallas game was a little bit of a shootout, but but they they were scoring goals, even strength, and they were scoring goals on the power play. And I just think it was it was just a stretch of hockey, and I think it gets more stressful because it's these guys who you know can score mm-hmm. at a pretty good clip at any given time. That all of a sudden you couldn't score against Colorado. You couldn't score against the Islanders the, the game before that. I forgot how they played. But all of a sudden, and, you know, the five-on-five five was always, you know, a topic that came up this season because they were scoring a lot of power play goals early and so forth. But I, I think they just like you said, they got to keep shooting the puck and shooting the puck, and, and the goals will come and then the confidence will come. But, you know, you look at guys like Kako and Lafreniere, they, they're getting those gritty, hard-scoring chances. Kako's driving mm-hmm. to the net. Lafayette scored a, a goal the other day on that great pass from Panarin driving to the blue paint. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. grit grit wins hockey games. You can be fancy and score those pretty goals and all, but at the end of the day, the important goals are coming from those those gritty kind of scoring opportunities, those rebound mm-hmm. goals. And I think lately, five-on-five mm-hmm. five is where it should be. I mean, the reason I was asking was because I thought today tonight there were a couple of times where the five-on-five five almost looked like a power play. Um, and, yeah. you know, it might have been the level of the competition, but uh, I, I agree that I think, uh, like you said, Lafreniere, even Kako going to the net, uh, Trocek is a guy that does that, obviously Kreider. Uh, I mean, I think this team is not afraid to get into those gritty areas and, and, and get in there, even though the pucks aren't going in right now. Uh, I think if they keep with that mentality, uh, that they will. So uh, that's why I was asking. I was wondering what you guys thought because I thought the five-on play, five-on-five play, has been uh, a- improvement uh, over last year. Okay. Shout-outs to Glenn. Uh, Scott, anything else you want to chime in on there? Um, yeah, no, I concur on the uh, the, the five-on-five. Definitely looking better. They're getting a lot of uh, a lot of great opportunities. Uh, they're. In, in fact, in a way, um, you, you know, because on that power play, it was great to see Zvanajad the other day uh, score a power play goal that was not that one-timer. I mean, we love that one-timer, but teams are starting to get onto it. Goalies are getting over quicker. They're, they're getting that jump because they know it's coming. Uh, players are trying to uh, block the, the cross-ice pass. I mean, it's always going to happen still, but they're, they're onto it uh, a little better. So it was nice to see him get a goal that was a nice tap-in in front, uh, you know, mm-hmm. that, that he could shake it up a little bit. Uh, if, if they're onto it, him uh, standing there, they shuffled it up a little bit, did a little, uh, little cycling, and all of a sudden he's in front for a tap-in. So that was good to see. Um, and, yeah, I definitely concur on the uh, – uh, with Steve on the uh, Julian Gutierrez goal, I mean that was absolutely plays of the week, plays of the year type stuff. Uh, with that effort, just muscling through two guys, uh, and then you know whipping that puck out and you know diving uh, to, to hit that ridiculous angle. That was a great, great goal. Just twenty, and that was that was a dagger right there. Because uh, yeah, whoever mentioned that uh, the game kind of turned on a dime when the the. Dallas goal came off, so the Rangers got the one, uh, and then just 20 seconds later, boom, nail in the coffin. So that was beautiful. I guess I I, I have a question. I, I had one before the game about Shesterkin or, or as to are we worried about him? I mean, he's not been playing bad at all. I mean, yeah, he's got the wins to show for it, but he didn't look – like his last year's self, and, and and I'm and I'm trying to think. Well, last year was a Vesna, and you know, I, and the, and the playoffs he had. So you know, he's the bar is now ridiculously high. So just because he's a shade below that, so I kind of talked myself off the ledge there. And you know, he had a nice uh, 65 minute shutout to really put those fears yeah. to bed. But they um. Uh, when I saw that the Rangers' penalty kill is 17th in the league at 70-whatever percent, that's a concern. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if mm-hmm. you're going to be a contender, you've got to be in the top five of both. We know the power play will be there, no problem. Um, 
but that's that's a little concerning. And I'm, so I guess my question is, are we concerned about that? And what kind of explanation do we have? Because we know they have the personnel. Um, my my theory is I think they're getting so comfortable with these odd man rushes and breakaways um, shorthanded that it's almost um, maybe is, is the problem that they're more concerned with that shorthanded opportunity than, you know, stopping the power play to get that opportunity. Uh, they think it may be scoring first, stopping the other team from scoring on their power play second. Um, I don't know, just possible theories. So, uh, yeah. Steve, why don't you take that one? Are we yeah, concerned? I, I am not concerned about Shesterkin. Uh, I am concerned if he, in the event he does get hurt. Um, I'm not feeling how Halak has been playing behind him uh, in, 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 in spot starts. So this is the answer to your question, no, I'm not. I think a game like this will actually maybe it will maybe warm him up. Uh, a zero-zero nothing game through 60 minutes. Uh, he makes. He didn't see a lot of shot attempts, but the shots he did face were very good. It was great saves, a couple of great saves, and, and RP says it all the time. And sometimes your goalie is going to have to make that spectacular save to keep you in it, and he did that tonight. So my answer to that question would be no. And I actually don't mind the shorthanded goal opportunity. I don't, I like turning that defense into offense. I think, and then you guys were using the word grit, and you can go to RP with this question. You guys were using the word grit. I think in most games we have the better skaters, and I think those skaters those skaters could get so deep anywhere in the, the offensive zone, especially with the cackle line, right, or wherever cackle line is in Lafayette. They got a lot of young legs that I don't think a lot of our opponents can keep up with. That makes us, and that's why a lot of teams draw a lot of penalties too. They can't they can't keep up with us, and then it makes it look like grit. But I think it's just better skating overall, getting to our spots. But I'm not concerned with Shesterkin. I, my concern was defensively, and I think that goes to your question. I think they're looking at it, turn defense into offense, and they have that short goal, a short-handed goal uh, uh, mentality in them. And they like to take chances. I don't mind the gamble. They have a great goalie. Why not? <laughs> uh, what are our thoughts? Yeah, oh, I, I don't, I don't have a problem with the goaltending. Other than this is going to sound out of left field. The last couple of games, Shesterkin has not looked so short-handed playing the puck. Mm-hmm. Gave us that one goal when they when they scored a, a couple of games ago. I can't remember the game off the top of my head. Tonight, and yep. it was the same thing to, to his right. Mm-hmm. When, when when he's facing center ice and the puck goes into his right corner, and he goes that way, the last two three times I've seen him doing it, he, he he's fumbled the puck. I guess is the best way to describe it. It hasn't been a smooth, crisp, clear out pass like he does when he's going to his left on his forehand. He looks a little shaky on his backhand side of the stick when he's stopping it. And I'm sure Ben Marlaire will address it, you know, either work on it or play it differently. I'm not sure, but that's the only concern I've had with him through this time. I mean, he hasn't lost in regulation this year. You're 6-0-2. You'll take it every day of the week, even if his play might have seemed to have dropped a little bit. I also think it's a byproduct that the Rangers have been giving up a shot. Their defense is playing shaky. So there's a lot to it. And, uh, what we're saying with the penalty killing, the penalty killing is 17th because it's a byproduct of the players you have on the ice. And I'm not knocking the players at all. But when you keep putting these offensive-minded penalty killers, which Ranger fans are not used to having, you know, it, it, they're looking to score that goal. They're looking to get that scoring opportunity and keep the puck on the other end of the ice. You know, you've got your Kreider and Zimbanejad, and they're using Kako and Lafreniere now a bit. You see Trocek at times. You know, you'll see Jimmy Vesey out there who may not be a goal scorer, but he has great hands, and it's why he's on the team. And you can see his confidence building. And with that, they're going to think that they can take more chances. Your defensemen are very offensive. When you have Kruber and, and Miller out there, they're looking to, to gun the puck up the ice. And with that, you're going to make a mistake against your better teams, and they're going to put the puck in the net. So I think there's a time and place that they're going to have to learn when to go for it. And when not to go for it, maybe if it's a certain time in the first, second period, you're up or down, you know, one goal, yeah. Maybe you take it a little bit easier and chip the puck a little bit more. But these last two years, this Ranger team has turned into a possession team. They don't like to chip the puck out and chase it. They don't believe in a dump and chase. They like to skate the puck in when they can and keep possession and try to set up. So it's just a different team than what used to sing. 
and that's why you got to sort of live with the ups and downs of it. All right, Glenn, you want, you want your thoughts on that? And then we go back to Scott. Yeah. And, um, I know RP has got to go, and then we can wrap up uh, on final thoughts around that. But go ahead, Glenn. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind the uh, risk reward on the on the penalty kill. Uh, like you say, uh, this team has a lot of speed, and uh, you know they they uh, I, I think you know you look around the league and a lot of teams play a a, a very set you know they kind of stay in their box and you know try and get the puck and just dump it out and and everything. And uh, to me, when teams do that against the Rangers, it gives me a lot of confidence. Uh, that the power play is going to work because the way they can move the puck around, if you've got a team that's going to kind of sit back and just try to, you know, keep everything to the outside, um, you know, the Rangers control the puck so well on the power play that it gives me a lot of confidence. I think if it's the other way around, uh, that if opponents power play know that the Rangers are looking to break out, know that they have that speed, that they can uh, turn a mistake into a goal, I think that might, you know, help to kind of throw the the opponent's power play uh, uh, into a little bit of, you know, geez, we got to make sure, you know, we want to score, but we got to make sure that we we don't let these guys get a break. So I think it might throw the other team's uh, power play off a little bit, just mentally having that in the back of their mind. So uh, I, I don't have a problem at all, and obviously, you know, it's something that that Gallant wants them to do because if he didn't, then it would stop. So uh, obviously that's part of uh, the plan that Gallant has, that he wants them to be aggressive on the power play. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you're going to get caught sometimes, but, you know, there, there's a risk-reward factor to it. But uh, I'm okay with that because I think this team can handle that and they have the, uh, uh, they have the guns to, uh, you know, make it work a lot of the time. So, uh, no, I don't think it's uh, – I'm not concerned about that. And as far as Igor goes – yeah, I noticed that tonight on that one play to his right uh, where he kind of fumbled with the puck a little bit. And um, obviously that goal, I think RP maybe was against the Islanders uh, that he gave up that goal where he gave the puck mm-hmm. away. Uh, I, I, think yeah, maybe was, I think he had gotten to a point where he was like right at that, uh, uh, you know, area where the goalie can't go into and he kind of took his eye off the puck for a second to see where he was. Um, it, it, that at least kind of seemed like it to me, but, uh, yeah, I mean, we're used to being, uh, to seeing him, uh, be, uh, uh, very good with his stick handling and, uh, to have that happen a couple of times now in the last three or four games is, uh, something I think for, for us to keep an eye on. Right, cool. Let's go back to Scott. I uh, got your question. Said, I got something I want to throw at you, Scott, if you don't mind. I, uh, we were talking about Zabinajad and how different, uh, you know, get with the poking goals right in front of the net, right? We're not really used to seeing what Zabin is at with that. But what I really noticed, which was really weird, because not weird, but knowing that we have a new center, uh, a replacement of Ryan Strong, it reminds me of, like, uh, the movie Face-Off, Scott. I always got to throw these movie references at you, right, with Nick Cage and John <laughs> Travolta. It felt like Zabin is at was wearing number 16 at times uh, on this road trip. Like Trocheck's slap shot, I thought that was a Benajad, and vice versa. Like it's like interchangeable. Yeah. It's like uh, it's like a one. It's like it's like a dimension that Zabinajad could be the bait and get more assists by setting up guys like Trocheck, and where Zabinajad would normally have scored, like in that Dallas game. <laughs> I just wanted to you know put that out there because I noticed that too as well, man. Well, first of all, I love the reference. Uh, fantastic face-off reference. Um, and, yeah, no, I, I, I like that because, you know, th- these guys are so talented. Um, and But when, when things get repetitive, I mean, you know, the, they, these teams have scouts. And, you know, like, like I said earlier, you know, especially on the power play, they're starting to be on to this Banajad shot. So uh, change things up. They're, they're adapting. And, and they, they've certainly got the talent to be able to move these guys around from, you know, where they've been making their livings, uh, you know, for the past couple of years. Um, but they are that good. And, and yeah, instead of Kreider uh, tapping it in, Zabanajad's going to tap in a few. Instead of uh, Zabanajad taking that uh, – 
you know, ridiculous slap shot, uh, Trocek will take one. So, uh, yeah, so I, 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 I like that. You, you have to do that. You have to adapt, um, you, you know, because, again, the, the, the teams are going to catch on to things. So it's nice that guys uh, are finding other niches and can get things done at uh, any point in the ice. I mean, look at look at Panarin with some of these upset uh, upsets. Uh, I don't know where that word came from. Uh, 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 what what was the word I was looking for? Uh, setups, <laughs> setups. Yeah, that's it. Setups. <laughs> uh, not, not even close. <laughs> I'm tired. Steve, you said you're tired. I'm tired. Uh, anyway. Um, yeah, some some of these setups. I mean, he's doing it from everywhere. It's not like Panarin has one set spot where he's looking for somebody to break and then boom hits him. Uh, he can go anywhere. He's you know he he's he's looking. Yeah, he's not exactly the most physical guy, but if you don't hit him square, he's almost as tough to get off that puck with all his little dipsy doodling and spinning around. Uh, you know, it reminds me a little bit of Yager, except minus the physicality. Once you crush him, yeah, you're taking that puck from him. But uh, he is definitely hard to hit, and he's he's all over the place. And then he'll find that pass because he's the one moving, waiting for the guys to get into position. So yeah, I absolutely love that they're not doing the same thing that they've been doing when they started the season. Uh, and then you know your you, your lawyers, it's kind of like play action in football. You know, uh, you know, then then they'll, they'll lure teams to have to. Uh, you know, adapt to them, and then they'll go back to what works, and they'll start. You know, and manager is going to have three of those in one game uh, <laughs> eventually from the, uh, you know, from his Ovechkin spot. You know, they they showed on the post game in Dallas um, how uh, the Islanders were shadowing Zibanejad in that uh, in that you know that upper faceoff circle area where he uh, likes to shoot that cannon from uh, on the power play. And they were showing how the Islanders had one guy on just stay on him. Uh, and, uh, you know, they were talking about that in the post game of the Dallas game because it, they were showing how, you know, the Rangers kind of rotated, like you guys are talking about, where Zibanejad went to the post and either Trocek or Panarin would go uh, into Zibanejad's spot and how they were adjusting to what the Islanders had done for them that night. So I thought, I thought that was really interesting. And, and yeah, it's great that they're – adapting to it and and they can really you know like you say scott put anybody in front of the net just move guys around and uh anybody can handle that that uh that crease area so but it was interesting how they you know how seeing it visually how the islanders just kept one guy on zabanajad in the circle and the other defenders just went all where they had to go but the one guy was just pinned to to zabanajad in the circle all right, cool, cool. Uh, we can go around for final thoughts. Uh, we can go. RP, you want to say something before we go to final thoughts? We'll close it out with you, though. But if you anything you want to say? No, I think we pretty much covered it right there. I agree with all of that. They, uh, that's the adjustment you're looking for the coaching staff to make. They were shadowing Zivanajad, and you got to switch it up. And they have the player and personnel that have a guy with a big shot on both sides of the ice. So if they could do that, there's no way they can shadow two guys. And when you got a passer like Panarin, it, it's hard to defend. I mean, right now, Panarin's definitely playing better hockey than he played in the playoffs. And he might be on pace. It's not a little bit better than where he was at the beginning of last season. I, I love the way his game is because he's playing with a little bit of swagger now. You know, he said it in the preseason. He wasn't happy with his game. He wanted to shoot more. He wanted to be more aggressive with the puck. And, you know, he's not shying from hits. He's, he's very good when he has the puck on his stick. He's so hard to defend. And his passing is just outstanding. You know, a re- reference back to the Lafreniere goal the other day. And every pass he makes, you know, he makes high-risk passes because he can complete them. Once in a while, it's going to get picked off and something bad is going to happen. But I'll, I'll take the, the more aggressive plays than those one or few broken plays. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm just really enjoying his game right now. It's back to whenever he touches the puck, you're like, what is he going to do now? Mm-hmm. And I think that other teams, you know, the opposition says that, and it puts them back on their heels more. You look at the Flyers tonight. They were so concerned with it. Most of the game, that's why they had no four checkers. If you notice, they were putting five players, all five of the players, in between the blue lines whenever the Rangers had the puck. And that's hard to do against the Rangers because they're such a good passing team. So they, were, they were able to get into their zone with little difficulty. But the score does not it does not give a perspective on the domination I thought the Rangers had tonight. 
You know, you hit mm-hmm. four posts. Even if two of those go in out of four, the game doesn't go to overtime. Yeah. Because Shesterkin was playing so well. So, you know, there's a lot into that. And uh, I just think Panarin's playing some really, really good hockey. He's, he's playing, he's earning his money right now. I mean, you, you, there's not that many bad things you could say about Panarin, so. Oh, right, definitely. I mean, all the criticism you got in the playoffs. I mean, the Ranger fans, are, we're really on top of players. If, if, if it's a two two straight bad games and the guy's making over six a year, six million a year, yeah, you are going to hear it. <laughs> but, it was, but, but it was, you know, something there, there, we're honest fans. I mean, we're honest with each other here right, right, right. on the podcast. You're honest fans. He didn't play well in the playoffs. He was giving the fuck a lot. He was making bad passes. He wasn't driving to the net. He wasn't back-checking as hard as he could because he was kind of lost in his head. And and it showed. And I give him credit for coming to the training camp this year and acknowledging it. I played like I didn't play well. There was a huge difference from his regular season to his playoffs, and you don't want to see that. You want to see him getting better or maintaining where he was. But then he came in and he and – he, fixed it or figured it out or worked with the coaching staff on what he needs to do. And and now it's, he's back to where he's supposed to be. Amen on that. Amen on that. Let's go to Glenn and get final thoughts. So let's see. We got a next Tuesday. We, we continue this conversation. We got a couple of home games in the stretch. Uh, we'll resume uh, versus the Islanders next Tuesday. Uh, get, her, get Try to get some uh, revenge. Glenn, uh, your final thoughts? Uh, anything around the NHL you want to say as well? And your final thoughts? Our squad, our, our NHL, then go to Scott, and then RP, we'll, we'll round up. Yeah, I mean, as far as the Rangers, um, you know, I, I, I think things are, are going real well right now. If I remember correctly, you know, talking about the two stinkers against Columbus and San Jose, uh, which were home, um, I think last year the Rangers had, like, two stinkers, I think it was Minnesota and maybe St. Louis, a little later in the season, but uh, maybe yeah, January. Yeah, it was St. Louis. The, the game yeah, it was, was St. Scott, Louis and Minnesota. Scott, Scott was here at that game? No, Scott was at one of those Blues games. I can't remember if it was the Rangers. Uh, it was definitely that Blues game. Definitely the Blues. I was at Blues, uh, Blues, Minnesota. I was at uh, Blues, Minnesota, which apparently is a big rivalry uh, out there, and it was yeah. uh, it was a fun atmosphere. But, but I think the Rangers had, like, two stinkers in a row in Minnesota and St. Louis last year. And after that, they kind of, you know, got it together, and, and we really didn't see much of that for the rest of the season. Now, I know it's early. There's probably still going to be a couple to come. But, uh, you know, I, I kind of see that as the same thing, where hopefully they got, you know, a couple of bad games out of the way and uh, – um, you know, now they're they're kind of set to take off. Uh, as far as as far as the rest of the league goes, um, I'm 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 wondering what's going on in Toronto. That team can't score. Uh, I don't know what's going on, but uh, I've seen a couple of their games and uh, they're just having trouble scoring. So uh, that's that's one one team that uh, you know I'm kind of looking at to to see uh, when that and when and if that's going to end. You look at the towns on that team, you figure they got to start scoring sometime. I know they're moving guys around on, on lines and everything. Uh, but, um, you know, uh, that's one team I'm looking at. And the other team I'm looking at is the Devils. I mean, boy, they're really playing well. Um, I don't know how sustainable that's going to be for them. Uh, but uh, Sam Sonoff has been playing terrific for them. They've been getting some scoring. Uh, they're, they're beating some teams that you would say, wow, I'm surprised they're beating these teams. Uh, so, uh, you know, that's another team in our own division that, uh, you know, we'll have to keep an eye on too and, uh, see how they go for the next, uh, you know, short term period, uh, and see if they continue that or if they fall off. So those are the two teams really I'm watching in the NHL right now to, to see where things go. All right, man. Shout out to Glenn, man. Thank you very much, man. And then, uh, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll resume the uh, conversation next Tuesday, uh, see where we go on this home stretch. Uh, shout out to Glenn, man. And Scott, final thoughts, man. Anything coming down the pipe? Face off uh, podcast. Uh, anything around the league? Our our team. Final thoughts. Oh, oh yeah. How was your yeah. Halloween? Because I know you're a big Halloween guy, by the way. Oh, Halloween. Uh, Halloween was fun. Um, I would have liked to have taken uh, my rightful place at MSG, but the schedule did not cooperate this year. So we did the Jets Patriots game. Uh, me and my buddy, uh, Greg, I p- p- brought back the Pennywise out of the one year retirement. I figured, you know, I was inspired by Tom Brady, uh, retirement just didn't work for me. So, so I brought the Pennywise back, <laughs> put the Joker back in the closet and, uh, 
I had Mike, uh, Michael Myers sitting next to me in the stands. It was a decently entertaining game. I'm a Giants fan, neutral observer, couldn't really care either way, but it was a pretty entertaining game. Um, and I will make my garden debut, uh, not debut, my, my debut was uh, that ridiculous Columbus game, one of the two infamous stinkers. So I will make my return, my triumphant return uh, on Thursday against Boston. So uh, pretty excited there now that they're riding this nice little streak here. And uh, Boston is, is a big surprise. Uh, what are they, 8-1? and one? Uh, I mean, I think yeah. – I know I thought that they were a – you know, they were a low-level playoff team last year, and I didn't think they did anything to improve on that. Um, so, you know, I did not expect this, and, you know, who knows, will it last? But for now, uh, <laughs> they're 8-1. and one. Um, I think Cal- Calgary's been a nice surprise. Um you know, I think their GM is pretty much already locked up uh, GM of the year with uh, with how he salvaged those two uh, giant cannons leaving. But, uh, yeah, we're going to have to watch the Devils. I mean, we knew it was coming. We knew they were, uh, you know, just a couple steps behind us in that uh, serious rebuild. Of course, theirs lasted double the uh, the length. They went an entire decade, which is hilarious. <laughs> but uh, they uh, are finally arriving. Look at some of their stats. They're number one in uh, – uh, Shots against per game at 22. Um, I believe they're up there in shots per game, too. Uh, they're, I think, number three in face-offs. They're number three in penalty killing. Uh, the only thing they're lacking that I saw is the uh, is their power play. But other than that, they're right up in, in, in the top three of so many team stats. So they, they actually deserve to be there. Uh, Steve, I, you mentioned before you were watching the Philly, uh, the Flyers feed, and so was I. Um, and even their uh, their announcers pointed out that the Phillies were – they kind of alluded that the Phillies were uh, – Phillies, uh, the, the Phillies are certainly playing above their heads. The, uh, the Flyers are somewhat playing above their heads, and they're not all impressive wins. They kind of remind me of the Rangers last year in the first half of the year. You know, we were finding ways to win games where we weren't the better team, where we wore out shot, where it was, you know, the, the Igor show and just found a way to come out with two points. And that's kind of what the, uh, uh, the Flyers announcers were, were alluding to about their team. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you, you know, they, like, like they didn't feel, even their own announcers didn't feel like they were a legit 6-2 uh, and two or whatever their record is team. Um, interestingly enough, another team like that that's also six and two is, is the Giants. Uh, finally caught yes. up to them on, on on Sunday. I mean, they're they're. I've, I've never seen a team we uh, win six out of six out of eight games by by not showing up until midway through the fourth quarter. I mean, hey, I love it. You know, as a lifelong Giants fan, we've certainly seen them pull ridiculous rabbits out of their hats, uh, you know, for the last two Super Bowls. But, uh, the Super, you know, just those runs. So, uh, you know, 6-2 is 6-2. Like Bill Parcells said, you're, you're, you are what your record says you are. Obviously, mm-hmm. there's a lot of room to improve. They got a little exposed on Sunday, but uh, I'm excited there, too. Um so, yeah, yeah, good stuff. Uh, anybody else going on Thursday, Boston? Not yet, unless they get free tickets. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. gotcha. And then I'm also going to the Islander game next week. So I got another – look, I haven't been to a Rangers-Islanders game in a long time, and I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, I would rather the Islanders be trash, but now that both teams are decent, uh, they, it should make for a nice atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's, that's what I got. Yeah. Scott, man. Steve, Thank let me correct much, myself. Man. I I I just I got my ex capital goalies mixed up. I meant Vanacek for the Devils, not Samsonov. <laughs> All right, cool, cool. That's how it's going. RP, man, um, it was an interesting week on Rangers Twitter. Uh, we're back at it. Uh, you know, we got more games in the division, so winning this, you know, I think I, I count for a lot of two points. RP, uh, Philly, Philly was right there. I mean, they played two less games if they would have won tonight. Uh, they would have like what one point behind the Rangers, and with us playing two more games. But you know, this is a nip and tuck league, man. You never know what these teams like. Like you guys said, Boston is doing their thing uh, in the other division. But your final thoughts? Anything you like to say? Then we'll wrap up. Hmm. I don't have a lot to say. We covered a lot tonight, to be honest with you. Um, Rangers Twitter and, and fans always going to go into a panic when the Rangers don't win. It's just how it is. Um, I'm one of those fans after a while 
you lose your patience. So I guess after what we did last year, you kind of expect it all the time, and it's hard to do in the NHL. So I guess sometimes you got to sort of let things settle down, let the dust clear, and, and understand that it's a long season. Yes, it's great to come in first place and all that, but let's be realistic. The end game is to make the playoffs and then to play our best hockey to get those 16 wins that are needed to win the Cup. So I like where this team is going. I like the buttons the coaches are, push, uh, are pushing to play. I, did anyone notice that in the middle of the second period, Truber and Miller for a couple of shifts and let Jones play with uh, – I think Jones played with Truber and Miller was playing with Schneider. I forget, but I think that's what it was. And then they put them back. It gives those guys a little bit of an opportunity to play with a, a more – veteran player and learn, and then they put them back together. All those little things make a good coaching staff. And uh, those are the things I like to say. Um, kudos to Kalan for starting Chesterkin back-to-back on the weekend. He's a young guy. He should have no trouble doing it. The more games he gets, the better he is. It's even harder now when you're playing every other night to even think about starting Halak when he's playing this well. Because you want to get every point that you can. So with that, I'm just trying as hard as it is, and, and I know it, guys, to enjoy every game. I mean, I enjoyed tonight's game. It sucked that we couldn't score. But if we weren't a Ranger or, or a Flyer fan, that was an incredible hockey game to watch. It was a dominating game by one team, and their goalie looked like Henrik Lundqvist out there. The guy stood on his head and made every save but one. I mean, you, you can't blame the goalie. I'm sure Tortorello is blessing the team. But it was a good hockey game, and I think the Rangers will play more games like we saw tonight than what we saw a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, you know, just keep going forward. Uh, keep following me on Ranger Proud, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. My writing's been a little down because my work has been a little crazy busy, but we'll start getting some articles out again in the next week or two. And uh, I appreciate the support. You guys have a good night. Uh, before you go, sir, one question. We didn't bring them up, and – it's almost like the elephant in the room, despite the winning. When when, it, when you win, you kind of mask deficiencies. What's up with Vitaly Kratsov, man? He's catching the bad breaks with these injuries, man. You know, I thought he would have been day to day. Maybe I don't know he's, when he's coming back. What are your thoughts? Did you did you see Gallant? Gallant made a really good statement today, saying he has to learn how to protect himself better. He indirectly, the way I was reading the quote, was sort of blaming him for this last injury because he was going a little a little reckless, a little stumbling. He had his head down. And, you know, it's hard enough to get into this lineup, especially with the way the lines are formed right now. But if you can't mm-hmm. stay out of the press box because you're injured, it's even harder to play. You know, right now, Heedle's definitely the next guy to come back from an injury that gets into the lineup. And then you're going to drop Goodrow and sit Carpenter. Where do you put Kraft off right now? And I thought this from the beginning of the season. I I really didn't think he made the team. And it's not a knock to him. He just it wasn't there compared to the other twenty two guys on, on the on the roster. Now, if you put him in a lineup, are you putting him in a lineup because someone's playing bad? Or are you putting him in a lineup because you want him to to see if you can get him jump started? But if the team's playing so well it's really hard to know what to do with them. And then the injuries after injuries, what is this, his second injury in, in 11 games? Third injury yeah, in 11 games. I mean, if you can't stay, and he's not that kind of player, God forbid it was Zimbanejad or Kreider. No matter how many times he gets hurt, he's back on the lineup when he comes in, when, when he's cleared to play. Kraftstoff isn't at that level. <clears throat> so it, it's going to be hard. He'll get in the lineup but then he's really got to produce to stay in the lineup or you're going to have the same situation you have with Hayek and Jones. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the same thing. The, the difference is, in my eyes, Jones can play the game. The Rangers have to allow him to make mistakes, just like they did when, when K. Andre Miller came up and, and when Schneider came up last year. And sometimes they get a little impatient with that and they want to put Hayek in because Golan <clears throat> wants to play Hayek. So when he has that opportunity, he does it. You don't have that on the on the offense side. Because you're going to have a guy like Carpenter and his range is always in need of a center, ready to go. you got Goodrow that you can put him on the wing at any time. So is Kraftstoff better than a Goodrow on the wing? I don't think so. 
it was hard, it's going to be hard for him to get in the lineup and stay in the lineup. But if he doesn't learn how not to get hurt, if he doesn't learn how this isn't the KHL, he, he's going to get hurt a lot more, and he's going to be yeah. out of the lineup a lot more. And it's a shame because he does have the skill, but you can't get that slow. You can't keep in the lineup to, to be part of the team because you're always hurt. And he doesn't have that luxury of saying, well, whenever I get back, I'll be there. He has to earn it. And I don't even think he earned the roster spot, never mind coming mm-hmm. back into the lineup after an injury. So, Yeah. yeah uh, real quick with him, I, you know, I wish there was some way they could convince him to uh, to go uh, to the AHL for a month, maybe tear it up, get his confidence. He couldn't. Uh, you he know, and, and he come back. Wa- he, won't clear wa- he won't clear waivers. Yeah, I know. Somebody I would, mean, I wish somebody was, would pick him up. Look, because I mean, you can make a case now the way Gautier has played the last couple of games that Gautier should stay in the lineup. Well, that's the that's the thing. He might be third on the scale right now. Yeah, you know, you know. if you took that guy's out of the lineup when Hedl comes back, Carpenter and Gautier are playing better. Yeah, and and the problem is that Kraftsov won't clear waivers. We lost Bryden Hunt yeah. and Jeff Tenorti when they thought. They were going to clear waivers. Yeah, There's no, no I, way craft stuff is going to clear. So you're kind of I stuck agree. with them. I agree. No. Cool, man. So they, do right, need to get going. they do yeah, need to find out about it. Because if they're going to move yeah. him, they got to see what he's worth. So, right, right. Uh, no. And we talked about yeah, that, gonna... you know, opening night, that, you know, we got to see what he is. Yeah, it's getting some bad yep. breaks, man. Um, just. Mm-hmm. Like 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 RP said what Galan said as far as him leaving his body out there. I want to say one more point and I get off. Well, two points. One uh, Ranger related, another around the league. Uh, Zach Jones. I thought he had his more most efficient game. Didn't see a lot of time on the ice versus Dallas, but I think that's a good confidence booster getting that goal and then keeping that puck in that offensive zone and set up that goal uh, in Dallas for him. And, and and I think I had you know we could see this, uh, his pass versus Colorado that turned into a, a score and you you learn from that. And the, and the Rangers actually done well. Like you guys said, it like the the, the unforced turnovers. Uh, you got to watch that versus certain teams and you know. Dallas is an okay team. Arizona is, you know, trying to find their way in the league. But you got to get these two points versus teams you're supposed to be. Even with Philadelphia, even with Tortorella there, we already know he can always push life into uh, to rosters. It, it could be anybody. And, and he'll get the maximum out of them. He, more Definitely more than what A.V. had done the last couple of seasons. But, yo, shout-outs to R.P., and Glenn and Scott, I have one, one, one more thing. I, I, it was, I was glad to see the Penguins lose. I was at the uh, <laughs> Seattle game on Saturday. Now, Jay Gensel had a hell of a fucking goal uh, to make it one nothing. And I, you know, I, was, I don't know how you guys – well, I, I think Scott and RP, I mean, you guys are old-school Rangers fans. There's no such thing as I have a second team. I heard a lot of that shit out there. Well, 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 well crack is my, 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 my second team. My, my real team is such-and-such such or, or the other way around. Well, I'm a such-and-such such fan, and I'm a cracker fan. I mean, I get it because of Seattle. A lot of people probably moved there from somewhere else. But uh, beautiful arena, uh, great home crowd. It was very, uh, you know, good, a lot of good energy. Uh, controversial goals in that second period, man. If you guys, I don't know if you watched the game, Glenn. Uh, it was Saturday night uh, on the East Coast, so uh, the uh, the high sticking when they called back that goal. The, the first goal I understand with the uh, they, they called back because of the offsides, but the uh, the the goal that would have tied it. Uh, with the high stick in there, and they called it back, and the fans got into it, and booed. It was great. They got nice two big-ass scoreboards. I've never seen that in any arena. Like, normally you have the big jumbotron right at center ice. They have, like, a triangle. They had two triangular jumbotrons on each side of the, the, the arena. It was really nice, really big and clear, man. If you ever guys watch, you know, look it up online if you ever seen it. But I, I say this to say, if you ever had the chance, uh, go to the Kraken Arena. If the I don't know what the Rangers haven't even gone there yet, right? No, they haven't gone there yet. So I think they go there. Yeah, they were there. They were there. They were there last year. Oh, this year they haven't been there. They were there last. No, this year I'm talking about this season. This season. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, not this year. Yeah. Yeah, very nice arena. Very, they. I mean, it used to be the old uh, Supersonics Arena, and they knocked it down and rebuilt mm-hmm. it up. 
Oh, yeah, very nice, man. Not a bad seat in the house, man. Good uh, concourses. Uh, just wanted to put that on. And, so, and the pain was a, a struggle. Well, let's talk about the uh, – we're about to wrap up. We'll probably bring it up next week because I think that's what <laughs> – that was like their fourth state loss. So even as bad as the Rangers played in that stretch with the, the Blue Jackets and the uh, Sharks, the Rangers are like at the top of the division. You know, it felt yeah. like they were middle of the pack, the way things were going last week, man. So, hey, things are on the up. You could probably get some home rights wins, get a couple of two points. And, and that Boston game is going to be a little bit big now, how they're playing, like like you guys said. But, uh, well, we'll see you guys on social media and share the show. And, of course, we'll see our RP on Twitter and Facebook page. Uh, Glenn Scott and RP, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, next week versus the Islanders. Good win, man. Nice little street right now, man. Doing all right. <laughs> Not bad. Ladies and gentlemen, please. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Blee blue, blee blue, blee blue, blee blue, blee blue, blee blue, blee blue.